This is HR in Review, a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice, and all the latest developments in human resource management. Welcome to another episode of the HR in Review show. Hey, this is your guest host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to look ahead to a couple of awesome events that I'm personally involved in, as is my guest today. And uh, those events are Disrupt HR London, happening on September 25th, and Disrupt HR Birmingham, the first Disrupt HR Birmingham UK, happening on October 19th. And my awesome guest today is someone who doesn't need any introduction because everybody knows him because he's super famous. However, I'll tell you anyway, uh, it's Perry Timms, adjunct faculty at Holt International Business School, HR Magazine's number one HR thought leader of 2022, and founder at People and Transformational HR Limited. Perry is also the author of the book Transformational HR, and he's been listed as one of the most influential HR executives by world-renowned organizations and is passionate about changing the world of work. Can I also add that he's a very, very nice man. Hey, Perry, welcome to the show today. Uh, Thank you, Bill. That last bit meant the most, so I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, good to be here. So beyond my reintroduction there, Perry, uh, the HR Chat Podcast listeners will know you for sure, but perhaps some of the listeners of the HR in Review pod won't know. So why don't you start by just introducing yourself a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. So from uh, Northamptonshire, right in the heart of uh, England, um, I've got three numbers that help with my introduction. The first one is 31, then 21 and then 11, because for 31 years, I've been working in and around business change, largely through technology. For 21 years, I've been working in the HR profession. And for 11 years, I've been running people in transformational HR. Uh, And as you say, I've um, had the privilege and the pleasure of having those kind of nominations and accolades which is terrific and I really really value them because most of them are from peer nominated kind of things so that's lovely that my profession has that regard but yeah I'm sometimes called the Kevin Bacon of HR because I'm like connected to literally everybody in the profession. This edition of HR in Review is a special guest episode brought to you in partnership with our friends at the North American-based HR Chat podcast, a podcast focused on interviews with HR, talent and tech experts. It's true. If your name ever comes up in a conversation, people are like, oh, I know him. I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's lovely. He's lovely. Um, OK, so you and I, we did we did a, a, a podcast a while ago for the HR Chat show. Mm. Um, and, but that was, that was a while ago. So what, what's new? Mm. What, what's new with you? What's new with people and transformational HR? What, what's going on in your world at the moment? Mm. So a couple of accolades uh, for the organisation, which have been nice. We took a, a review on something called Flexer, which tests how flexible you are as a workplace in terms of like location and hours and routines and so on. Now, we scored 96% on that, which is the top five ranking for that. So we're really, really pleased with that. Um, and also this year, we were uh, ranked in the top 50 inspiring workplaces for EMEA region, which again, was a terrific thing for us to, to see and have. Uh, and this year, we are starting to think towards our 2024 B Corp recertification. So that's another important thing for us. As a business and the kind of things we're doing, um, I've devised a new operating model for HR, thinking actually, do you know what? It kind of needs one for the kind of turbulent world that we're in. And so a lot of our activity is kind of linked to that. I'm writing pieces for it. I'm getting some keynotes about it and I'm starting to introduce it into our consulting offer. So that's exciting. On the, where do I start with that, by the way? Congratulations on everything you just said. Um, on you. the On the inspirational workplaces piece, um, mm. what, what does it take to be an inspirational leader? Yeah, you run a very successful organization. You've got, you've got a bunch of people who love and respect you. What, what, is, what does it take to be an inspirational leader? 
I think there's something about um, uh, the sort of the passion that you, you exude for what it is you stand for and believe uh, possible in the world is translatable into everyday ways of working with others, as in the team and clients and partners and so on. So there's something about you. You literally do lead with that purpose and mission. And it's almost like that's quite a, an alluring prospect in itself because it changes the way you use language and the way you think about the world. Um, but I think there's also that it might sound a bit of a cliche, but you've got to remember that, you know, there's a humility thing to this. Leaders as heroes, it's kind of not really what we're looking for now. We're, we're looking for people who can create good mental frames of reference and vision and so on. But people see themselves in it and people feel part of it. And they're not in awe of you as an individual, but they are in awe of the thing you're trying to help people achieve. So I think it comes down to that. It's all about what you stand for and what you end up doing that people really rally to, not you as a charismatic individual. So I'd say if you're an inspiring leader, it's not about you in charisma sense, it's you and the mission and the things you stand for. Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR in Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I, I would counter that by saying I think sometimes there are just naturally charismatic, inspirational people who people do want to follow, Perry. But <laughs> I follow up to that. I follow up to that question. Then is 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 it sometimes about culture fit as well? Then is, is it about finding those people who 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 fit with the mission and and they they believe in the mission? Mm. Otherwise, the inspiration can't happen. Is, is that fair to say sometimes? I think there's something in that. There's a kind of belief system that we have. And when there's that alignment with individual beliefs and what you value in life and what the organization's there to create as value, that absolutely is a kind of symphonic thing. You're absolutely right. And and fit's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I, I think we tend to think fit might mean that you've got to conform. Whereas I think what you're describing is actually, do you fit well with the mission, but actually you're different and you can add flavor and spice and, and all sorts of things to it. So so I think that that distinction of I connect with it, but I still can be me and that kind of uh, idioms of me. I think there's something nice in that. I would agree. OK, let's now switch focus uh, because I did introduce this episode today as being a bit of a, a preview of a couple of the disruptive HR events happening in the UK. That's London and the first Birmingham. Um, I'm I'm fortunate to be a co-organiser of both of those chapters. Um, and you were kind enough to get involved with another Disrupt that I'm involved with, which is uh, Disrupt HR Norwich back in January. Uh, there you mm. did an awesome 10-minute talk, but you followed the Disrupt HR format, so still 15 seconds per slide, but there were just 40 mm. slides instead of 20. Mm. The crowd went wild for you. They were they were, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were throwing things at you, flowers and all the rest of it, saying, please don't leave Norfolk. We love you. Stay here. <laughs> Um, and um, and you're, you're also going to be speaking at Disrupt HR London on 25th, and you're going to be doing another 10-minute talk there. The, yep. the focus of that talk, I believe, is the accelerant of a new work order, and you're going to be yep. speaking at Disrupt HR Birmingham on the 19th. Um, I'm not quite sure what your talk is there yet, actually, but you'll, you'll reveal that in a second. Uh, so firstly, well, why, why Disrupt, Perry? Uh, what is it mm. about that brand and, and that format that appeals to you? Mm. 
Uh, I, th- I think in today's like information deluge, I think that format of short and really punchy, powerful and almost a bit ranty, I think is quite nice for people to have. It is literally like the sort of short comedy skits you get at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, that kind of thing. It's absorbable, it's powerful, but it isn't drawn out and kind of doesn't have a moment to be dull, right? So I think as an entertainment element it's terrific but i think what it does is it gives people a chance to kind of just sit with that after the event go i heard lots of talks there were lots of things i've picked this up i've picked this up so i think we assemble a kind of a plan of action after it based on a number of inspiring insights so i like that because it's just so rich and diverse people talk about so many different things on a um, disrupt hr night that you get the spectrum and more (laughs) of what you would probably spend a year trawling around conferences of other denominations trying to find so it's that punchiness accessibility and just the the fact that it sits with you for a long time afterwards that's what i love about them can i just add as well listeners uh that um we donated the profits from the ticket sales from norwich to to a local charity um we had offered to pay for perry's travel um, to come up and join us at Norwich, uh, he, he because this is just a sign of who he is. Uh, he said, "I don't want to um, put that towards the, the donation as well." So I just want to, I want to recognise you and thank you and appreciate you on on this thank show you. today. Thank you. Uh, so your sessions at London and at Birmingham, mm-hmm. uh, you, you're going to do a mm-hmm. ten minute session at, at the London event and a five minute session at the Birmingham event. Can you uh, take a few minutes now and and uh, tease our listeners with, with what? Mm. So the London one's great because it's a 10 minute blast. So some people might think, well, you're mad to do just a normal five minute one because it's really difficult and intense. Is 10 minutes even doubly intense? It kind of is in a way. However, what I'm uh, having the privilege of being able to do is unpack what I think is a new work order. I think if we look at the way that the post COVID sort of reactions and, you know, people with return to office mandates and flexibility and well-being and stress and all sorts of things going on it's calling us to think about work differently to recalibrate it to set it differently and i think i'd like to call that a new work order rather than you know a new normal because i don't think there's anything such as normal anymore right uh, and i think people get well who drives that and the, and the answer for me is the hr and people profession because it sits in such a position of vantage of of tentacles of influence of kind of signposts and and signals that i think it's got the um opportunity to bring it all together to do some great design to start listening to people to involve in them and engaging them so all the things that we know about like engagement learning and so on all sit within hr and we need all of those things with a new work order so that's what i'm urging people to think there is hr don't underpower yourself really turbocharge into this and give it some welly so i think that's what i'll be leaving people with on that one um and birmingham is slightly different so it won't be a kind of replication talk, but I'm going to be zooming into the concept of, uh, of a renaissance of craft. We stop thinking about work as transactional, mundane and so on, even though people say, well, it is because I only do this. I think we've got to elevate our thinking to go. But there's a certain element of craft we can bring to our thinking about what we do because it makes a difference to somebody somewhere. So therefore, we ought to think more elegantly about the work we do. And I think we'll change our relationship with work when we think more craft-like. And HR's got an opportunity to be more craft-like. So that's my call in Birmingham. Follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Join the conversation at HR in Review today. 
Okay, so Perry, maybe we call the title of this podcast episode "Hey HR, Give It Some Welly." I like yeah. that. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's... <laughs> Don't know if that translates globally, Bill, but let's give it a go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay for the for this podcast. Most of the audience are UK based. They'll love it. They'll love it. Um, okay. okay, so AI is a mm. thing that everybody talks about now. Um, uh, AI mm. is suddenly in the public consciousness. It's not. Uh, it's not a new it's not a new technology by any means however no. um 2023 has been the year that people have kind of got it um maybe yeah maybe, maybe the release of uh the bing uh, ai generative uh, mm. um tools and chat gpt and similar have, have really helped to push mm. that i think mm. in your opinion what, what why is ai suddenly in that public consciousness and and how is it changing mm. hr functions today what, what mm. what's what's why why is this such a pivotal year for ai mm. Mm. in the workplace in in our consciousness what well, well, tell us more mm. Exactly that. So, uh, I mean, you frame it really nicely because you talk about the fact that it's been around for a while, but it's kind of burst onto the scene. And there's a, there's a phrase that talks about things that happen very gradually. And then all of a sudden, I think that's what's happened with the launch of ChatGPT and Bing AI, as you say. Now, up to recently, I think people were talking about algorithmic work being replaced by automated scripts. And people thought, yeah, that feels like a long way away. And now all of a sudden, we have this natural language processing interface that understands if we don't quite frame something right or put search criteria in that's absolute, it comes back with a response and gives us something We're like, oh, actually, wow, it knew what I meant. Um, so I think that has given us a sense of this is really different because I'm interacting with uh, a technology kind of entity in such a different way. And I've seen the recruitment um, um, community, I suppose, um, adapt and adopt this really quickly because they thought, I know what I can do here. I can say, here's a job role. Here's the capabilities. Here's somebody's CV. Tell me how these match really well. And it's come back with pretty good responses to that. That Suddenly people have gone, wow, heavy lifting, outsourced. Um, there are still some caveats, right? That it can still show bias. It can still pick up things that aren't necessarily what you wanted it to pick up on and report back on. I've used it for a couple of things and had to go back and correct it and say, no, that's not right because of this. And it's going, oh, yeah, you're right. So I'm kind of thinking, well, in a way, that's good because it shows that we still have relevance and that the machines won't take over, right? There's definitely that. But the fact that we can now think, I just want to, you know, draft an email to go out to people to tell them this, can you do it? And boof, it does it. Or I want to write a line of code for this. What do I need to do? I mean, that's incredible as a resource to have that at your disposal and I remember a talk that somebody from Google made when they were introducing this concept and they talked about moving from strings to things so strings of text to things that the program recognizes that's what's arrived now contextual humanly worded even apologetic bots right and we're now starting to think about co-pilots and centaur roles where it's human and machine and we're talking about teaming in that way even to the point we're thinking about resource planning machine and human that's come at a really really quick rate of knots so i've given a couple of examples where potentially it has hr implications like the recruitment community as as one example but just learning now if you're thinking i don't, I don't know about this topic you can just bung it into one of those 
spots and it comes back it's like oh great can you write me a piece then of 300 words that somebody who's you know of a uh, basic level of understanding could get and it does it for you and you're like wow i don't have to do all that heavy lifting research and synthesis anymore so um implication wise ethics wise um integration wise uh, you know we're not even at the beginning of the beginning yet we are literally sandpit playing understanding exploring but but to say it doesn't have a huge impact on what work will look like in the future is massively naive in my view because i think within the next 18 months even it will radicalize a lot of roles a lot of how we think about work and it's already with us you know auto corrects and spell checks and you know all sorts of calendar tools they're all using ai they're taking data in they're suggesting courses of action we're going to be able to program that more and more so we will have a bot co-pilot i think within the next 18 months that we all use so another event that I'm, I'm involved with in the month of October is uh, we're doing uh, a first uh, AI summit in Norwich before uh, Disrupt wow. HR Norwich in the evening. And uh, the guy the guy that I'm doing it with, uh, Giancarlo, I'll just do a shout out to you, Giancarlo. Uh, he said, Bill, uh, this is going to sell out and we, we can get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And I said, I don't know, man, it's the first one. You know, get, go steady. Let's, let's, uh, let's keep it the same venue that we're doing the Disrupt, uh, which has a capacity of about 120. Perry, within the first two weeks, it was sold out. <laughs> easy peasy, easy peasy. We probably could have got 500 plus people to this event. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, people are desperate to understand how it's going to impact yeah. their personal lives and their work lives and, and, and yeah. how to get ahead of it. You know. mm-hmm. um, totally right. Anyway, anyway uh, I've got a couple of questions for you now, which we ask of all of our guests on this particular mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe you might repeat a little bit of what you said elsewhere. That's okay, because we cut them up and we use them in clip shows and elsewhere. Uh, the first yes. of those two questions is uh perry if you could ask but sorry if you could pass on one crucial lesson in your your career something that you've learned in your career in one minute or less what would be your top tip for hr pros and leaders right um uh, there was a mantra in the hr profession in that we have to talk the language of business right that was prevalent for quite some time but i think that's a misdirection i think the thing i've learned the most is that you've got to talk the language of humans in the business context because i think our representation of almost like quantum forces that aren't defined by mechanistic business measures language and and assessments uh, are such a thin part of what makes a difference in the world of work knowing humans and the psychology of us and the um, kind of foibles of us but being able to put them in a business context that's where the real power is that would be my advice the language of humans in business love it and it was under 60 seconds perfect uh okay next one take your time take your time it's quite a big uh, quite a big question uh what is the single biggest change that you think will happen in hr and in leadership over the next five to ten years i think we're starting to see some signals from the future on this one uh bill so the biggest change i think that will happen is the realization in the leadership community and business of all sizes denominations sectors and so on that actually it is about people people really matter i mean I think we hear already that some CEO's biggest headache, nightmare, keeps them up at night, whatever, is talent. Have I got the right talent? Can I keep it? Is it deployed well? And and that's now starting to become, who do I go to for that? Well, duh, like the HR teams and so on. So I think those all roads leading to are now starting to interweave a bit. 
So my sense is that the biggest change we'll see is that we become the go-to place, not the exec board necessarily, but the HR team is given the most challenging but also high-value demands, projects and opportunities, and it doesn't shy away from them like maybe it has done before or get railroaded by ops leaders or tech leaders. It goes, I'm ready for this. I know what to do with this. I'll need some help, but I can lead this charge. So I think we'll go from being subservient to actually being the vanguard of the next wave of change that I think we'll see work, given a bigger shot in the arm for what it should be doing, which is helping people live quality lives. That is beautiful. You are a wordsmith. And just finally for today, Perry, <laughs> uh, how, how, can, how can folks uh, learn more about and connect with you? Mm. So uh, if you do a search in YouTube, you'll see some of my talks and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, there's the book that you mentioned earlier, Transformational HR. That's available from Kogan Page, as is the Energized Workplace, the other one that I've written. Um, and of course, I'm all on uh, LinkedIn because it's still the most adult social network there is. Um, the other ones tend to have fallen by the wayside a little bit, but I am on X slash Twitter and threads, but I'm just not as active as I was. LinkedIn's the place where I try and make sense of the business world and engage with like-minded people. So find me there if you can and uh knowing perry as i do now he will he will uh accept your messages and your collection requests and and, uh, and if, if steve brown is the nicest guy in hr in north america perry tims is probably the nicest guy in hr in the uk i'd say um perry that just <laughs> if, for, for our audio listeners today you can't see but perry just gave me a lovely heart sign um uh perry that just leaves me to say for today thank you very much for being my guest bill always a pleasure thanks very much the HR and Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. hrreview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.